0: Greetings, everyone, sports fans and Catholic Radio listeners. I'm Steve Ferguson, uh, joined by our co-host, Brad Moore, on Two Guys in a Conversation. And lots to talk about in the uh, in the sporting uh, world, Brad, between uh, Siouxland Sports and College Sports and Big Ten Sports. And I'm not sure 30 minutes is going to do us justice tonight. But uh, one thing I want to point out is that uh, we've been... Uh, advised by our seven or eight listeners to our show so far that we should probably consider a name change.
1: So we'll, we'll take calls if, uh, if you wanna call in and give us some recommendations as what well, we can call our show. We think that maybe BMO and Fergie's sports extravaganza
0: might be a little over the top. So we're, uh, we've had one, so one uh, name solicitation, water and wine kind of like it, um, you know, so we're going to take a list and then we'll uh, vote on name change uh, as our shows progress here. So Brad, East versus Heelan, what a way to kick off Siouxland Sports. Um, I was there at the game and I uh, had a chance to spend a little time at halftime in the uh, uh, in the booth with uh, Travis Morgan and Bob Gary, Voice of the Crusaders. I know you were busy down in Lincoln watching volleyball, but you had a chance to actually watch the game and uh, big crowd, 3,500 is what my guess was and, and the rivalry is back. East pulled out a victory.
1: Right. That's what I've always said is that you have to have back and forth victories before it really becomes a rivalry. And uh, it's like Iowa-Nebraska, you know, it's got to go both ways to really make it intense. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was well played uh, by Helan, especially. I thought that East came up with the big plays when they had to. And it all comes down to, once again, how many games do you see uh, they swing on turnovers? And that's what happened Friday night. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. I guess the thing
0: that I was really impressed with looking at the East High Black Raiders was how well they were coached. I thought their special teams play was extremely good. And where Heelan where often exploits teams, Brad, is on kick returns and punt returns. We've always been able to have explosive plays off that and and, and watching the Crusaders over the years. But the discipline that he showed in coverage, and of course, it it paid off with them with a with a fumble recovery on a on a punt, and uh, and and so I was impressed there. Number one, uh, I was impressed with their competitiveness, um, and so we've got a rivalry now with Coach Webb in his second year, and uh, they had a pretty decent uh, looking offense. An athlete, Caden Jones, six foot two wide receiver, Brad, that apparently has got some D two offers that. Uh, was a little bit of a of a matchup uh problem
1: yeah he was a difference maker he came down with uh, one of those one on one uh matchups uh for a touchdown that uh, really swung the momentum in east favor well good good for east to recognize you know you got you got a size
0: match there and to throw it up and see if he can make a play. I also thought brad in one of the really key moments is that helan had east pinned i believe about the one yard line yeah, the one foot foot line almost. and uh East came up prepared. I I that was one of the things that stood out to me in in the coaching that they were prepared for that moment. They came up into a unique set. They went to Wildcat and uh they swung the field position with about a 60-yard run breaking to the outside yeah. and that impressed me that they were prepared and knew what they wanted to do in that situation.
1: Yeah, that was key. They flipped the field and that eventually led to the uh punt which uh was deep in Helens territory which was fumbled. So that really, uh, that sixty-yard run from the uh, three-yard line, I think, on third down, that that was key. Really changed the game.
0: You know, as an old quarterback, Brad, I asked you uh, in an earlier show what you what you would think if Heelan came out in the one back versus two back, and we primarily saw the one back offense, and that means that Brant Hogue was was the the man in charge of that offense. And I really see two things. I saw a quarterback that was very comfortable. Uh, 31 for 42, Brad, and I really think there's some influence going on from Pat Grace with that young man and, and the way he
1: played. Yeah, and I was really impressed by the receiving core of Helan. Seven different receivers with uh, 30 catches. Very impressed. They've got a lot of uh, uh, weapons out there, especially like the brant hogue to Camden-Lee hookup. Uh, Camden-Lee had 11 receptions, 157 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, very explosive little duo there. Yeah, and I think
0: what showed the depth was defensive player, primarily Michael Rizik, came in and they split him out and threw a little uh, hitch to him and he turned the corner and uh, really made a nice big play there uh, that uh, really showed the depth they've got as far as playmakers. You know in defense, we had talked about and were uh, you know alerted to this Kobe Claiborne. That guy's unblockable, Brad, and you cannot run at him,
1: and you better have two guys or three guys protecting your quarterback. He is amazing I think that uh, Bork and Coons ought to take him out for dinner every night because <laughs> he creates those guys uh, some space to make plays. I was really impressed by the entire defensive line of block uh Claiborne uh, I think there was Wil Wilmshire uh, and I'm missing one. Um, but but I was oh Hogue the the other Hogue so mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed. They have a very uh, good front four. I thought the linebackers were aggressive. I, I really was impressed by Helan's whole defensive effort.
0: Yeah, they're going to be Helan's going to be fine. There's no doubt about it. As we. Uh, as we look at the district, we know it's going to be tough. We know Sergeant Bluff's going to be tough, but I think a lot of questions were answered, Brad, in that game in terms of the makeup of Heelan's team. And you know that's classic Heelan; They're going to get better every week. Roger Jansen, a veteran coach that knows what the heck he's doing, got a great staff, and and you know that kids uh, in that Heelan program are bought in, so they're going to be better every week.
1: Yeah, so here's a little little bright spot, some good news for the Heelan fans and players uh, so Helan has lost to East in the opener two out of the last ten years, and the two years that they lost the opener, uh, they finished twelve and two both years and went to the state championship.
0: Yeah, things look good for Helin when you when you throw those stats out. Hey, little district update: Sergeant Bluff, who's I believe the favorite in Helin's district, went down and and uh, got handled pretty good by Lewis Central, which is a Very, very uh, impressive program right now. They had uh, the Dugan kid that went to TCU as quarterback. I believe his dad's the coach. They got a lineman by the name of Logan Jones, defensive tackle. That's a University of Iowa recruit and Iowa's super high on them. So. I don't know if that's much of a measuring stick as to the caliber
1: of Sergeant Bluff's team as it more of the testament of how good Lewis Central is, Brad. Yeah, Logan Jones, probably not really that good a player if he's going to Iowa. But <laughs> uh, no, I've heard great things about him. And that's a very impressive win by Lewis Central in the post-Max Dugan era. Um, but SBL, I, I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, that'll be interesting
0: um, uh, to see how they bounce back. And they will be with Daniel Wright at quarterback. And then Uh, Spencer, who is I think one of the other dark horse favorites in the district, uh, got beat by Spirit Lake, but Spirit Lake's a very solid program coached by uh, uh, Jan Beloit's uh, son up there at Spirit Lake and they've done some really good things in the uh, the Lakes Conference. So that again is a questionable way you can measure where Spencer's really at. Volleyball got started uh, in the in the region here with Dakota Valley off to a an early start. They swept Sioux Falls Lincoln, 3-0, 3-0, uh, Sophie Atchison, 12 kills, Riley R- uh, Rosenquist, nine kills, uh, and uh, Coach Mary Miller, uh, Hall of Fame coach, is now taking the reins there at Dakota Valley, and they're going to contend most likely for the state championship in Class A this year. Uh, Heelon Volleyball got started a little bumpy, that which is not unusual, playing in the Bellevue West invite, which is arguably one of the top preseason tournaments in the upper Midwest, it's really an opportunity for Coach Lauren Bropes to get a measuring stick of her team. You know that team's going to get better with her at the helm, and it'll be fun to watch their development as well there, Brad. Uh, There's going to be a ton to talk about here in the upcoming uh, shows. Uh, as far as Tulane sports, I mean, we're just going to you know, run out of time, I think, and uh, we're going to be back shortly uh, with more on our Big Ten Roundup. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore, two guys in a conversation. You are entering the Room of Knowledge, Stephen Brad's Room of Knowledge. We get to talk about anything sports-wise that we like during this part of our show. I think this is probably going to be one of our most enjoyable parts of our show. And, and we're, tonight, we're focusing on the Big Ten Roundup football-wise again. We, we did this last time, and, and uh, there's plenty to talk about with the opening uh, kickoffs this weekend in Big Ten football We've sort of made our top six uh, team lists that we want to talk about. We're going to open up talking about Ohio State. Brad said, until you beat Ohio State, they're the team you got to talk about.
1: Yeah, Ohio State is the real deal. And uh, Justin Fields is incredible, incredible transfer that's come in and, and has made all the uh, Ohio State fans say, Dwayne who? <laughs> so he, he's going to be pretty special.
0: Well, they reload up in that place and they sure looked the part. Uh, the team that got all of our attention and was a bit of an unknown going in maybe was Wisconsin, our number
1: two ranked team in the big 10 roundup. Um, they looked the part, Brad. Jonathan Taylor is incredible and he did it all. Uh, he's one of the Heisman, uh, front runners and, uh, you know, they pitched a shutout 49 to nothing over South Florida. So they're all I thought they'd be. And on the road. And
0: uh, I think the, the recipe right now, if I have to say it, is got to stop the run if we're going to beat Wisconsin. No doubt about it. And force uh, Cone, the quarterback, to make plays. And I'm not sure that he's got that skill set. Time will tell here in these early games. But, uh, man, they look fast on defense, and they're going to be tough to beat. Michigan State. Uh, I got him at number three on our list, Brad, minus 73 yards rushing. uh, I believe it was Tulsa they were playing had. And that's, again,
1: Michigan State's always tough. Yeah, Michigan State has always had a great defense. Uh, They were expected to have a great defense this year. Uh, The question was, were they going to bring anything offensively? And scoring 28 points, that's a lot of offense for Michigan State. And if they continue to score some points, uh, they're going to give Michigan and Ohio State a run in the East. Michigan, our fourth team, and Coach Jim Harbaugh continues to underwhelm me. I'm um,
0: I, I, I just not sold. I know they're winning games, but man, when it's a big time game, they have been they've been flat and gotten blown out. Quarterbacks Shea Patterson and McCafferty, uh, the McCafferty kid, out of the bloodlines out of uh, Colorado. Uh, they running an open, you know, wide open offense and, uh, McCafferty is a read option. Patterson's just typical, you know,
1: up temple quarterback, Brad, I'm not sold. Yeah, I know you're not. I, I still think that, uh, Michigan is going to contend in the East, uh, and push Ohio state. Uh, they only won 40 to 21 over middle Tennessee, not very impressive, but, uh, they've got a lot of talent back. They're number seven in the country. So, uh, I'm not jumping ship yet. Well, since I'm the one that had the, uh, the marker in my hand, I put Iowa number five in our Big
0: Ten list over Nebraska. So I get to talk about Iowa next. And um, Iowa, like, as you and, and I talked off the, off the, uh, uh, off the air, Iowa's very Iowa like. They wore Ohio, uh, Miami of Ohio down. But I was really impressed with a few things. I was impressed with the ability to run the ball on first down. We typically got five yards, a rush. That's a big deal for Nate Stanley, Bill a pass. He was 21 for 30, hit nine of his last 10 passes. Ten receivers caught balls. Three different receivers caught touchdown passes. Um, He missed a big throw, a big play throw, Brad, and and this is what concerns me. Uh, They're playing Nebraska. It's a tie game, and they need a big play, and they have a wide-open receiver he misses them. That's happened to them a few times over the years, and we said that's what's defined him, unfortunately. Uh, He missed uh, Brandon Smith on on a big play, but... The, the one thing that Robert Smith sort of jumped on him about was this is his his uh, uh, Achilles heel. But I kind of think it's the Iowa way. I think the safety was coming over the top, Brad, and I think it threw the outside shoulder and said, I'm going to throw it to one spot where our guy can make the play. And as an old quarterback, Brad, I think you could probably appreciate that. Um, and, uh, so that was the, that was
1: the one play that stood out in the game and kind of overlooked how well he was and how efficient he was. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I do like is I was offensive and defensive lines. I think that they're as solid as we thought they would be. And then the, um, Sergeant at running back, he was very solid. He had 65 yards receiving to go with 91 yards rushing, um, They're all I thought they would be, very solid at quarterback, solid line plays, and very serviceable uh, running backs.
0: Hey, Sulan Hawks, Landon and Levi Paulson, fifth-year offensive linemen, twins, both started for Iowa. They both played extremely well and uh, looking to start again this week. Um, they're the first set of twins to start for Iowa since the Ellis brothers in the very early '80s. But boy, those guys have been great teammates. Brad, they uh, they talk about the kind of stuff they've done for the Hawkeye football program. Good to see them getting an the opportunity to play. All right, one other uh, one other quick thing. Oliver Martin from Iowa, he looked the part uh, coming back to Iowa City in a second play, caught a touchdown pass, and he's going to be a major playmaker for the Hawkeyes because they have to have at least one since Nebraska's got about thirty. So tell me about your Cornhuskers, Brad.
1: Well, I'm not panicking. They, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, I, I told this to one of my coworkers uh, the other day about their offensive output. When you have three turnovers and three uh, defensive and special team scores, it takes a lot of possessions away. So mm-hmm. so the offensive stats weren't great. Uh, the offense wasn't clicking. But uh, they have playmakers, and you, you could tell. Wandale Robinson's the real deal, the true freshman. Uh, out of kentucky and then we've got uh, washington the running back that uh, looks like he's going to stay eligible for a while Uh, martinez did have a little bit of a down game but uh you know i think that uh he's the real deal as well defensively five takeaways uh they looked fantastic and i think that the defensive line is finally up to big 10 par
0: it'd be nice to see you put a black shirt on again brad i haven't seen one in a long time but uh Yes, that is, as an outsider, looking at Nebraska, that's a game that they've lost in, in, in the last few years. But you know what? A well-coached team figures out ways to win games. We know that Nebraska's got a whole different attitude down there. And Scott Frost in a T-shirt post-game scares everybody in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's, he's pretty ripped. That <laughs> He could probably still go out there and play. <laughs> well, other Big Ten teams uh, that were in action, you know, Minnesota. You know how we feel about Minnesota. They should have lost. I called it. They should have lost. South Dakota State has momentum and uh, unfortunately brings in a a running back for a break and they run a a read option and miscommunication fumble. Minnesota gets the the ball and scores to pull out a victory against uh, the South Dakota State Jack Rapids. And uh, that will, you know, they didn't do anything. Whoever picked them to win the Big Ten West was uh, drinking funny Kool-Aid. I think it was a writer from Minneapolis. I'm sure it was. Purdue, love to see them blow a 17 point lead. Uh, They've got some work to do there. Jeff Braum is a quarterback. Obviously he's not a defensive guru um, and to blow a lead like that. Illinois, question mark, we'll see. Uh, They didn't play anybody. Rutgers, we'll find out this week against Iowa. Once again, I think they're gonna not be very good. Northwestern, that's the team that worries me, Pat Fitzgerald, old linebacker, and when a kitty gets its tail nipped, they're not fun to play, and I think they'll be tough to beat down the road, uh, Brad, because uh, you know they're going to get better.
1: Yeah, typical Northwestern, a uh, tough schedule in the beginning, they go out, they get a loss, uh, they get better, they're smart kids, they're great players. By the time the Big Ten West rolls around, um, they'll be in contention.
0: Well, you all thought we were done talking about Iowa and Nebraska, but there's more for us to talk about in our college sports roundup, Morningside, Briarcliff coming up, uh, the Big Three, Iowa and Iowa State, and a little bit more on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, maybe a little bit of volleyball uh, updates from Brad uh, when we come back. And uh, we'll see you here in just a few minutes back at Two Guys in a Conversation. Greetings and welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson here with co-host Brad Moore, and this is our college sports roundup where we talk a little bit of local sports, uh, college sports, Morningside, Briarcliff, our big three, Nebraska, Iowa and Iowa State. Notice I put Nebraska ahead uh, this time, Brad, simply because it's because Nebraska volleyball probably could beat Iowa volleyball. Uh, That's why. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, what's happening and some things that, uh, that took place this weekend. I was at the Morningside football game with my 86 year old mom, Ruth, who's a huge sports fan. She came down to Spirit Lake to watch a little Morningside football, sat in the rain and made it all the way to halftime, uh, which was pretty impressive. Um, she did say she was getting pretty wet. And when she made the comment, I'm a little worried about getting sick. I had to get her out of there, Brad, and get her some chicken noodle soup. But, uh, here's what we saw. Morningside. 80 to nothing winners over St. Francis of Illinois out of Chicago. St. Francis is, uh, had some athletes and had some size, but Morningside came out and stuck it to them. They were ready to play a bunch of seniors. Their defense is very veteran like. 35 nothing in the first quarter. Their defense scored two or three times, forced fumbles, and pretty much had St. Francis looking for the bust by the end of
1: the first quarter. Yeah, do you remember in our first show you asked me if uh, Morningside could win with defense only? and i said they could but uh i think coach ryan said why would we (laughs) when joey Dolinchek goes 23 for 28 quarterback
0: uh the heir apparent and uh, now the, the 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 person that's following in the in the footsteps of uh all all gpac all nai all american trenton solzma had a great coming out party brad 23 for 28 316 was named gpac offensive player of the week and in the rain. And this is what I noticed about this young guy. He is accurate. He has got a great arm in the in the mid and short range passing. Uh, they love to throw the ball to running backs. Um, and uh, their offense
1: answered the question to me. They look pretty potent, Brad. Yeah, they were impressive uh, all the way around. Uh, I did stop uh, the athletic director and ask him what was up with 80 to nothing. And uh he just grinned and said, uh, there's nothing that we could do to stop that. He said everything was working. And that's that's a true
0: statement. As you watch the game, um, Morningside's loaded. They're, they've they got a great depth. Ryan knows how to recruit. Uh, They're physical. I mean, St. Francis came out on the kickoff and smacked Morningside and kind of gave the big Chicago thing, and that's where it ended because Morningside just like like a – a big boxer. They took a hit and looked at him like that's all you got, and then just body punched him right down the field for a touchdown. And uh, and and Saint Francis had a, a very athletic big quarterback and a big slot receiver, athletic. But man, uh, Morningside is tough, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna walk through the G Pack, I believe, until that Northwestern game. Uh, from what I've seen so far, Clayton Ordine, by the way, was also named uh, G Pack Defensive Player of the Week, safety. Had a pick and a fumble recovery for for a touchdown and and was second on the team in tackles. So great start for Morningside football. They're off this week by week, and then uh, they'll get ready to start rolling. A little update on the volleyball side from Morningside, Brad. uh, Seven and one start from Morningside, uh, three top 10 or three top 20 wins. Kayla Harris was named GPAC Defensive Player of the Week the G is going to be tough. They opened their season with St. Mary's, who's 10 and 3 and was picked 12th in the G Pack. So that tells you a little bit about how tough that conference is. And, and St. Mary's is coached by former Morningside volleyball coach Rick Pruitt and former Dakota Valley high school coach uh, Rick Pruitt back in
1: Sioux City, and got St. Mary's going. So what's happened at the cliff? Well, Briarcliff uh, lost their opener. Uh, I think it was a little rocky start for a uh, true freshman, uh, Preston Mulligan. He was 19 of 45 for 181 yards, uh, three interceptions. In a loss, uh, seventeen to ten to Waldorf, uh, good defensive performance. I think they outgained Waldorf, um, as we thought uh, when we talked uh, preseason. Uh, Barcliff's going to be very solid on the defensive side. Peyton Bailey, uh, preseason all G Pack uh, player and team captain, uh, had another solid uh, performance and led the team in tackles. Well, we had said. It's, you
0: know, Brad, it's a big transition from even Harlan High School, which is well coached, to uh, the NAI level. They play some solid football at this level, and uh, it's not easy for any level to go from high school into starting quarterback. So he's only going to get better there, and that defense, as
1: we said, may have to carry them a little bit as their season progresses. Yeah, and we'll have to maybe uh, keep a top 10 of uh, favorite athlete names. Uh, Preston Mulligan would be one, and then uh, uh, Kinsey Knuckles uh libero from nebraska oh a true freshman you got to be kidding me. she's pretty Kinsey special. knuckles knuckles that is
0: solid that is definitely in my top right there i love that uh volleyball briar cliff uh brad what do they got going on are they off to a start yeah you know, last time i think they were three and three are they getting more victories
1: yeah three victories six and three very good start um we got morningside and Briarcliff coming up uh those will be two big matches yeah Two, two huge matches. You know, so. the
0: the team with the best record is the Automatic National uh, Tournament host. Morningside uh, has gotten that opportunity the last three or four years, three years, I think, because they've had a better record. So those matches are critical for postseason uh, as well as where they stand the GPAC. We've well, got some pretty solid Uh volleyball. Oh man. G-back volleyball is certainly fun to watch. And and you're gonna give us a little update possibly on Nebraska here in a couple minutes. But let's talk Iowa State real quick. Real quick update from Iowa State. I watched the game. They they won in three overtimes against you and I and really could have easily lost that. Uh there's a fumble on the goal line that Brock Purdy jumped in and and wrestled away to save Iowa State uh from from a loss there. And of course, you and I always play some tough. Here's what I noticed, Brad. Brock Purdy top quarterback. Last year he had a Keem Butler. How many times did you watch highlights? We just threw it up down the field. Butler at 6'5 or 6'6 made a play. And then, of course, David Montgomery, who's going to probably start for the Chicago Bears at running back, would make
1: a something out of nothing. They're going to miss that this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, good thing is, is uh, you know, we talked about the four preseason uh all big twelve uh Defensive players for Iowa State, and they showed up. I thought the mm-hmm. defense was solid. Yeah, they looked fairly, really good. Three running backs, all good for Iowa State, all in competition.
0: by week this week for Iowa State, and then the big game with the Hawks coming up uh, here in, in a week from Saturday. Cornhuskers, Huskers, uh, a little volleyball, Brad, and a little
1: more football. Give me some more info on the Huskers. Well, Husker volleyball started 2-0. Um, now they travel out to San Diego for a little tournament. They're going to play uh, Arizona, who's just outside the top 25. They'll play number 25, San Diego. Uh, I already mentioned Knuckles, who's uh, <laughs> love who's starting the libero. Very athletic. Uh, that was a big uh, role that they had to fill. You know, the only, the only downside to Nebraska this year, they've got a lot of firepower, but uh, because of Michaela Fecky's graduation, They don't seem to have found quite yet that one player that can put the game away uh, when it's on the line. So uh, a lot of good performances from a lot of good players. They're very solid, probably worthy of a number two ranking. So still a lot of fun to watch. Is it always a sellout down there, Brad? It is. You can't. uh, (laughs) I I tried to upgrade my uh, season tickets to seats with uh, a cushion and a back and. Uh, there's nobody moving. There's nothing to be had. That's just incredible. That's just an incredible uh, environment down
0: there. Oscars, uh, what do you think going in the, this next round at Colorado, Brad? What do you think? Is
1: it going to be? Uh, uh, they going to be okay out there? If they can get their offense going, um, I think they'll be fine. I love the defense. They've just got players flying around on defense, making plays. And Frost has always said that his defense is more about creating turnovers. He knows that a fast-paced offense is going to put his defense on the field a lot. So he's got uh, some uh, uh, six-man rotations on the defensive line. Um, They're going to play a lot of plays, a lot of snaps. They're going to give up some yards uh, because of that. So, So he's really focused on turnovers, and they got five of them Saturday. So if they can create some turnovers and Martinez can be Martinez, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good point that uh, is not often
0: overlooked is the type of defense you play with an with an up tempo offense makes a lot of sense, you know, cuz you know your defense uh, is going to be out there a lot, got to get get them off the field. So, uh really good uh, point there, Brad. Uh a couple things uh, for Iowa Hawkeye fans. AJ Epineza had one assisted tackle. Everybody's like, "What's up?" Well, they totally schemed their offense away from him three-step drops five-step drops quick passes over the top of him never ran at him once never outside ran and he put pressure in the pocket and the d backs did not make a couple plays he's going to be just fine especially as it gets to bigger and bigger competition where they can't play nine on ten the the big teams and i think he's going to have a big time season and still was a factor uh despite uh having very little statistics That's going to wrap it, Brad, for another uh, show. Good to see you as always. And uh, look forward to our next time together on Two Guys in a Conversation.